Thank you for listening to Spooky, Wicked Conspiracy Histories and Stories, a.k.a. SWC History. Do you like spooky, wicked conspiracy history and stories? Do you like hearing stories that just make you question, is that true? Do you like to hear funny, sometimes true stories? Then sit down, turn up the volume, and listen to Matthew J. tell some stories. All information used to tell these stories is all protected by fair use. This is episode one, known as Kex, Big Stick, Ginger Ale, then a UFO crash landing. It all happened on December 9th, 1965. The story I was told was about my 17, 18-year-old father hearing a story about a UFO crash landing in a very small western Pennsylvania town known for its pop. Picture the 60s type of guys driving in a muscle car down curvy country roads, then getting closer to a small town and being stopped by not only local police, Pennsylvania sheriffs, but also military personnel at a roadblock. What would make you question, what is going on? Why all this authority presence in a small town? Again, my name is Matthew J. I'm your host and storyteller. I was born in western Pennsylvania, and I lived there until my seventh grade year. I then moved to central North Carolina, currently living in Durham. I've been all over North Carolina. I've visited 86 of the 100 North Carolina counties. I love talking to people and getting their story about anything they find interesting. I love history. I'm a UNC graduate from 1999 with a history degree. I like kooky stories, cryptozoology, ghost stories, and all the conspiracy theories that keep me asking, is that true? So please listen to the podcast and let me know what you think. So, as the story goes, my father grew up in western Pennsylvania on a dairy farm. He grew up in a family that was made up of five kids. He was the second oldest, but the oldest son. He worked on the dairy farm, was a lifeguard at the local pool, an elite wrestler and football player. This family is blue-collar, and they did not talk about things that they were considered nonsense. They talked about sports, hunting, farming, and muscle cars. So this dude is the guy that sits in the corner taking notes. And then when it's time to do things, he does them and does them right the first time. Again, no nonsense. So when we talk about this guy and he tells you something, you pay attention. As the story goes, my dad and his friends hear some news about a UFO that crashed into a wooded area in a small hamlet known as Kecksburg, Pennsylvania. A town with little population and surrounded by farm fields on the western Pennsylvania rolling hills. FYI, I've been here, this town... Hamlet about eight years ago. So this description is true. It's a small hamlet. I guess you can call it a town with what I remember with no stoplights, just stop signs at intersections. When you come in the town from the Greensburg, Pennsylvania area, the first building you see is a commercial industrial building, maybe from like the late 60s time frame. At that time I visited, it was selling pop-up campers. This building was once home to Kecksburg Soda, or in western Pennsylvania, the term they use is pop my dad stated Kecksburg was known for its pop. That is it. So let us start there and pull some information from the Google machine and learn a little history. Stay with me. This just give you a backdrop. So all this information that I got was shared by a website from Thomas Petty about vintage soda collections. So Kecksburg was founded in 1866 by John Martin Keck. By 1868, the community had a general store, a blacksmith store, and a post office. 
Then in the late 1800s, the town started to grow with a hotel, a local doctor, and a drugstore. By the 1920s, soda pop was becoming popular, and the Kex family, they had a really good recipe. It was famous for their big stick ginger ale. By the 1930s, the ginger ale was a huge hit with local western Pennsylvania, and the bottling plant really started booming. Later on in the 1940s, the Long Island New York Pepsi bottling plant took over. So you can see the area had some growth, but it was around soda pop, not coal or steel like most western Pennsylvania towns. So as Pepsi shut down the plant in 1988, pop was the main reason this town should have been on the map. That all changed in 1965. So back to when my dad was 17, 18 years old, driving to Kecksburg to get close to a town and run into a roadblock with a local sheriff and U.S. military, then trying to go another access road to get into town, but again turned around. When they kept running in the blockades, the boys talked about how serious it was. Why so many blockades? What did happen? The impression was that the law enforcement and U.S. military that were manning these roadblocks had no idea what crashed in those woods. But my father, the local news, the newspapers and town talking heads began to talk about an alien spaceship that crashed in the woods. The boys knew something happened, but as my father talks about it today, he feels something the U.S. government did not want people to know crashed in those woods that night. Then later in the 1980s, more people started talking about that night. That's how I got interested in it. But based on my interest search for all kinds of stories to talk about that might have crashed into that rural town, let's dig a little deeper into those stories to just get an idea of what might have happened. Per stories, websites, news articles from the Pittsburgh City Papers, Post-Gazette, Pittsburgh Tribune, the best guy to talk to, listen to, or read is Stan Gordon. He's been looking into the history of the Kecksburg event for over 60 years. This is a lot of time to keep learning more and getting stories as more people want to talk about that December night. Some of this info is from articles and websites to talk about Stan and all his work on the incident. So I give a lot of credit to Stan and all his work to give us more details of this story. What I found and remember and what I heard from PA family friends and family members is that late on December 9th, around 4.47 p.m., a local family noticed a brilliant fiery object moving in the night sky. The object was moving slow and changed the path of direction like zigzagging that seemed odd to Kecksburg locals. It was not falling down like the usual space rock. It crashed in the local woods and created a large crash scar. A blue glow could be seen from the woods and the locals did not report any kind of explosion. A few brave locals were able to locate the object and it was described as a huge metal acorn. A metal acorn? Who would make that up? It was sized up to be 10 to 12 feet in length and eight to 10 feet in diameter. One of the locals mentioned that the authorities that the object had markings that looked like hieroglyphics. A few local firemen began to ascend onto the crash light. One local firefighter by the name of James Romanowski was part of the team that arrived and per his first impressions, the item was not a crashed airplane. Soon after the firefighters arrived, they started seeing military and very well-dressed men walking into the site. Do we say the men in black? The military officials and these very well-dressed men were walking around and started to instruct the firefighters and the other townspeople, you need to leave the area. Soon the entire crash site and also the entire town of Kecksburg was being courted off by military and the PA State Police. At the same time, the local Kecksburg fire station was becoming a military outpost and people were like not allowed there and the military was taking it over. Also what happened was a house down the street owned by a local family known as the Hayes. 
it was taken over by military officials. The officials made phone calls from the farmhouse to, un to unidentified individuals. Later, much later after this event, the Hayes family asked to get their phone bill. And when they reviewed the phone bill, no calls turned up on that night or day. How freaking crazy is that for 1965, right? The town takes over and wiping PA phone bills to scrub any existence this happened. Still, to this day, the U.S. government denies that no military presence was ever in Kecksburg on December 9th, 1965. So if they were not there and there was military uniforms and cording off the entire town with the PA state force, come on. Now, I'm not saying that the PA state force denies being there that night, but if they were there, then we all know that something happened. Well, the story does not end there. As the night went on, the military began to drag out and remove items from the crash site. Per one eyewitness story, a new information that I have seen on UFO Witness with Ben Hansen on Discovery Plus, a large box was pulled out from behind the metal acorn and it was removed. What was in that box? Was it an alien? Was it a space, Soviet spaceman? Later, the firefighter James Romanowski and others near the Kecksburg Fire Station stated seeing a flatbed military truck drive by with a large covered item and escorted out of town with a military convoy. The item they saw in the thicket of the woods was gone and the convoy drove away, never disclosing where it was going to anyone in town. Where did this item go and why, still to this day, does the U.S. military deny being in Kecksburg, Pennsylvania? I asked that question. Based on my first-hand story I have from my father, the U.S. military, the Pennsylvania State Police, had closed off those roads for days after this incident. Now, if that was not a great story, there is one more part that you need to hear that is totally wicked. So back in 1965, radio waves were still a great piece of getting information to people. Western Pennsylvania is known for great radio stations, and the main one in that area is KDKA. But for this, this story, the radio station that you need to know is WHJB out of Westmoreland County. That night, a radio host by the name of John Murphy gets a forwarded phone call that was so amazing, he drove to Kecksburg himself. He snapped photos and recorded interviewees, some of the first witnesses at the crash site. Later, he was stopped by the military and the photos were confiscated, but not the recordings. He gets back to the station. And for a few days, he listens and realizes he has some great information and decides to do a documentary called object in the woods. He begins to work on the documentary and is getting close to the air date, but then he gets a visit from some well-dressed men, do we say the men in black, stating that they were military officials and that they had a 30-minute meeting with Mr. Murphy. After that meeting, John Murphy was a changed man. He did not want to talk about the Kecksburg event or about that meeting with the well-dressed men. He reluctantly releases the documentary, but it is garbage. It is watered down with little interest, but the real meat of that night that aired during the documentary was what, what Mr. Murphy said before the show started, and I quote, We regret that part of the programming had to be censored and other parts of the programming had to be cut out entirely. Then John Murphy goes out of his way to make the following statement, and I quote, This station has not been contacted by any official agency of the state, federal, or local government in connection with this program, end quote. Mr. Murphy later states that the reason for the poor airing was the former witnesses called him and asked him not to air their interviews or bring up their names. But even Mr. Murphy's wife states in other stories that Mr. Murphy was so excited about this story. This was going to be the biggest story of his life. And to go from no interest with such a quick turnaround, she believes it was linked to the well-dressed men. Was it the men in black making threats to scare Mr. Murphy? I don't know. 
No one will know because four years later, Mr. Murphy was killed in an apparent hit-and-run accident in California while on vacation. So did airing the show end his life, or was it really just an accident? We'll never know. So what do you think happened to Kexburg, Pennsylvania? Was it a UFO, a UAP, a military secret, foreign government aircraft, or just a giant space rock? I don't know, but I love this story. And still today, I like telling it. I hope it gets you to listen more and just enjoy the stories and history that people have to tell. Please like my podcast. Share my podcast. Please email me anything about the podcast, suggested stories, or some of your stories at s period w period c history podcast at gmail.com again thank you and keep listening for the next show which will be about hidden gold good day and have a good evening